This podcast proudly sponsored by Milwaukee Magic Cards and Games. In the Milwaukee area, come see us in our historic Bayview location. Find us online at milwaukeemcg.com or look for Milwaukee Magic Cards and Games on Facebook. Not in the Milwaukee area, there are still plenty of deals to be had at wearerpg.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-P-G.com. And coming soon, redwizardgames.com, your one-stop shop for all your gaming needs. Are you ready? Are you really ready? Can you dig it? Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. Can be happening, man. Can be happening. What is up, everyone? Welcome to episode number 16 of Mana Screwed. I am Tangent. With me, as always, is the Beamy. Good evening. And once again, joining us, we have uh, Ben. What's up? All right, and we also have the sandwich. What's up? Cool. So we are here once again to astound and amaze you with news and information from around the magic universe, or just a BS as always. So kick back, relax, grab a beer, because I am, and enjoy the show. So we actually do have somewhat of a of a schedule for you today. So so that'll be a a bonus for some of you out there. And uh, even though Beamy actually has always had a schedule before, we'll we'll actually try to adhere to it to some extent. Um, if you want to get a hold of the show, though, we'll just throw out to reach us at manascrewed at gmail.com. And our contact information, you can find me online at tangentdyn on Magic Online and on Twitter, tangentdyn. Beamy, you want to go ahead and throw out your contact info real quick? Both for MTGO and for Twitter, it's the Beamy. Very nice. All right, so um, we usually, you know, have have an actual schedule. It's been brought to our attention that it might be nice to stay on one for a change. So uh, we'll we'll take that into consideration. I'm not sure that I'm really capable of doing that, but we'll do what we can here. And. Uh, and anyway, so let's get started here. We've got our Fade to Black segment, I believe. Always starting out with a little Ed Black Fade to Black segment. And this week he's talking about a post-rotation deck. Um, a lot of the stuff that he gives out to you guys out there is all post-rotation. Uh, Ed always looks forward. He has a very hard time looking backwards, which is why he doesn't much... He doesn't bother doesn't bother him to play Extended or Vintage or Legacy, but he likes looking forward and seeing what's happening in the future, and that's why his deck this week is going to be stressing on what's going to happen after post-rotation. Okay, so standard deck post-rotation. Yes. Okay. Without the assumptions as to what's going to be in Scars of Mirrodin that he might want to change up, obviously. So. Yeah. Right okay. Zendikar block and M11. Yep. Very good point. Th- 
thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, so here we'll uh, we'll go over this deck list that that uh, Mr. Black sent us, which is uh, four Birds of Paradise, four Fauna Shaman, four Bloodgast, four Vengevine, four or Vagina Vine, depending on who you are and you know what you want to call it. Four Squadron Hawk, three Bane Slayer, three Core Hookmaster, three Condemn, three Emerge Unscathed, one Obstinate Bailoff, one Core Sanctifiers, one Mold Shambler, one Core Skyfisher. The land base is three Marsh Flats, three Verdant Catacombs, four Sun Petal Grove, one Ser whatever Serigi Step. Sajeri, so, so he spelled it wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> Two swamps, seven forests, six plains. So, there we go. Uh, that's that's the deck list. Um, I think it sounds pretty pretty good. Uh, obviously, using fauna shamans to ditch vengevine into the into the graveyard, and or and or blood gas for that matter. And basically, you can just yeah. keep ditching stuff into the graveyard, and then and then. Uh, Putting out creatures and getting your venge vine and blood gas back out of the graveyard. So, yeah, I was actually just uh, loaded this into Lackey and was uh, playing its sandwich here just a few minutes ago. Uh huh. And it actually it, it ran fairly well. You know, at first I'm thinking those squadron hawks just seemed like, you know, why bother? Um, but uh, you know, as soon as you start discarding a venge vine and grabbing more venge vines or or baneslayer angel, it's uh, pretty nice. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, so you think that after playing it, that the squadron hawks are unnecessary, or do you understand the point? Well, no, they actually they they actually they actually uh, helped out quite a bit because you get three more in your hand, so you just really get some extra crap to discard. Plus, you can they're easy to cast two of them in a turn to right. uh, to get Venge Find out of the graveyard. Well, exactly. See, I mean, right off the bat, right. Once, it, it, right, right. And once once I started playing it, I realized that was kind of that was pretty nice. Oh yeah, I still great. felt. It felt it felt a little spread thin as far as colors go. I was I was stuck on mana a lot. Uh, you know, there's pretty much it's almost impossible to get the two black for, to actually hard cast Bloodgast. And you don't think so, that just is because you suck you balls? It actually. Well, there's only four Fauna Shamans, right? So right. pretty much, is he's got a target on his head as soon as he comes out. But so you you understand that the Squadron Hawk himself can basically act as the Fauna Shaman in getting stuff into the graveyard, though, right? Like, oh yeah, so you discard immediately. Yeah, right. exactly. So I mean, it, there is other ways to get stuff in the graveyard as long as you have some of that stuff in your opening hand. Right. But one good thing about the deck is it's highly, highly aggressive, and it constantly makes you. It, it like you said, if you want to kill a Fauna Shaman right away, that's fine. But he's got four of them, so you have to make decisions quickly on right. what you're going to use your removal on. Still, only four of them. I mean, if you miss, if you if you take out the fauna shaman, what is the what are you left with? I mean, you can core hookmaster and try to slow the game down, or just pull out a bunch of squadron hawks. Or uh, I mean, here's here's one thing you're left with. I don't know if you know this or not, but Vengevine it costs four, and it's one of the yeah, best cards in the nice. one of the best cards in the game, dude. It's like it's an amazing card. It, it can win by itself because it's so good. You know, that's that's one of the things you got going for it. Not to mention, like, well, I guess I shouldn't say not to mention, but one thing I was going to ask is, 
one obstinate Baloth. What's the significance of the one? This card. It's the right, one right, but why? This card. Right, no, no, I know exactly what it what it is, but I'm just. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm wondering like how often you figure if you've only got one in there for discard, how often do you think you're going to come across that one? Or, well, you, or you get to fish them up. That's the whole point. Is you get to fish them up to do it. So if oh, you that's know, true. if you know they're yeah. playing uh, lightning or something, you can just toss it up in your hand and right. uh, you know. I guess I just want to. <laughs> I, I'd want so it's to. Kind of, it, that it's kind of got the tools there to kind of grab whichever particular one you're trying to do. You right. Know, the skyfisher was definitely great. It's like you could just pretty much trigger the uh, the venge vines all day long if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, man. Yeah. So, personally, after playing it, I, I want to try to see if I could just do it in in uh, black green because I really like having the blood guests and the venge vines. But uh, it seems like there might be a better way to kind of steer this deck because you know, really, the main reason to go white is you're fishing out these uh, Bane Slayer angels, which are awesome. But you know, I was playing a big, uh, you know, kick-ass black and green creatures. The only other reason I really see is the squadron hawks. Right. Which are, are nice to get that extra card thing, but you could there might be some other kind of way to gain. Well it's card also also you, the skyfisher, right? So you don't get you won't get the skyfisher in there. Um Yeah, you don't get that, but not to mention if you're playing this, like in the sideboard you could have uh Beamy, what's the uh, what's that new the two casting cost um destroys target and destroy target enchantment when it comes into play? Oh, oh shoot, You know the guy I'm talking about, though, right? That, yeah. So, so yeah, the, a Johnny Vengeance or whatever it is, or yeah, the one we it's a planeswalker. Yeah, the planeswalker for two. Yeah. <laughs> are those those rats aren't standard anymore? Are they the ones that make you discard when they come into play? Like uh, everybody discards. I don't. Uh, that yeah, they're well, they are right now, but not post post rotation. I think they're somewhere, oh, okay. somewhere in a Lara block, if I remember correctly. I think they're conflux, maybe. But the thing, the thing is, is this uh, this setup looks good. I guess, I guess we'd have to really make a sideboard to see if we could make it work. But yeah, I mean, if you think that the the uh, land is too janky, then that that would be a problem, I guess. It looks pretty solid to me, land wise, just based on what I'm seeing. It's pretty decent. And right. you got uh, birds the only too. Other thing is, is, is you only you don't have any one drops, so you have the four birds of paradise. Uh, I would use the the white green man lands, so just to have some tap lands, so you you know at least you're doing something on your first turn. So the the birds aren't aren't one drops anymore. No, the, the birds are the only one drops. <laughs> no, well I know there are some tap lands though, like s- s- the this one. Yeah, exactly. One and one. Then the sun petals. Yeah, I know. But uh, I know none of the sun petals ever came into play tapped. So yeah, they need the uh, what's the. Doran's uh, land. The that's what Stirring they need. Wildwood or something. What was that? Stirring Wildwood. The uh, no, three, no. four green white. No, no, no. no the that's, green. That's green, what I'm talking. About. Green, black, white land. The anyway, it's not. It's not legal anymore. It's like lore winter morning yeah. cut or whatever. But uh, yeah. So well, that's cool. I mean, it's a sweet deck though. You know, and uh, and the yeah, thing it was, is, it was it, fun. I really, I really like the fauna shaman action. You know, he's only two. So he's, you know, he's better than some of the other guys like that. And again, one, oh, oh, go ahead, please. The one advantage, I think the one advantage of this deck is, is that until you get the Baneslayer Angel, everything else is really low casting cost. And if you do get 
mana screwed, you can play most of your deck. Yeah, you. No, the biggest problem is I I got stuck with Avenge Vine and never got my second green out, and I got stuck on like two blood gas in my hand with one. Or I didn't have any black. I had like a Birds of Paradise or something, so it was it was pretty like I just got you know we only played three games, so it wasn't wasn't a lot. Of well, realistically, then you could probably just substitute a couple of them for Terramorphix or something, because right, you, you know could. if if you need to to be able to like Marsh Flats only pull you into the black or the white. And it's nice to be able to play that when it comes into play, but it's not like you're playing any landfall stuff, right? I mean, is any of this landfall? I don't think so. So, so you could really just make just a them terramorphics, right? Well, yeah, but a terramorphic works the same way with that. Yeah. So you could just put it in play and then sack it when you need to bring it back, you know. So, um, yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's a great deck, and and if nothing else, it's great ideas that you could then modify. You know, if you yeah, if you I do, found I do like how I kind of threw one of each of the guys at the bottom, the uh, like kind of toolkit guys, so you can just oh, I need to destroy an artifact or enchantment, you know, right? I'm exactly. Pull out the sanctifiers. Yeah. You know, you can and you could just easily like throw acidic slime in there. there. Well, toolkit there. I actually, you know, one game I pulled up the hookmaster because I just needed to slow down the game for a second. You know, I had plenty of guys to discard. Right. So and I was I wasn't able. You know, it's turn three. You don't have enough mana to play. To play your uh, Bane Slayer Angel, so there's no reason to really get them in your hand, you know, immediately like that. That's awesome. Yeah, sandwich. How did you feel about it when you were playing against it? Uh, I thought the Squadron Hawks didn't really. I mean, they got a technical purpose, but they don't. But beyond that, I don't. Didn't think they actually like played anything. They were more like an enchantment. Uh, you know, I thought the core sanctifier was. Uh, yeah, he was pretty. Or the Hookmaster. The Hookmaster's actually not too yeah. bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of white, um, you know, Condemns and stuff like that. I mean, the, the white's all pretty much control. And, uh, you know, the, the kill is all, like, yeah, two greens for the uh, Fengevine, two blacks for the Bloodgast. You know, Birds of Paradise and Fawn Shaman come to play a lot. But uh, it's kind of a white-green control, you know, hoping to come up with some... You know, I guess what the blood gas needs landfall. So right, right. Of course, Skyfish to keep on pulling stuff out. It's got a vibe, but I mean, I think the vibe could get improved. Okay, cool. Well, fair enough. What was that? Yeah, well, I mean, once it once it rotates, we'll have a whole other set of cards to just toss in here. So, you know, yeah, that's a little one of the other things. That's one of the other things. <laughs> more one drops, like three condemns. Like condemns are some of the best cards in that deck. Like those condemns were really brutal. They really. Turn the tide a couple times, and I think a little more of that action probably be pretty good. The emergence gave played pretty well too. You know, like he's saying, if you're gonna get rid of the white, you got to find some other one drops. But I you know, I think it's it's not a bad deck. Cool man. At all. What was that, Beamy? I'm just saying it's it's a lot of fun because the fact that it's they always talk about they everybody's preaching card advantage, card advantage, card advantage. Well, the Squadron Hawks can give you the ability to. Do reload your hand, literally. And have stuff to play and have stuff to pitch for the shaman to be able to do what you need to do. And I that's one of the reasons why I like it. And that's one of the first things that people saw when they saw Squadron Heart come out was like, oh this is gonna be perfect. You can use it with Jace. And then people thought, oh well now you can do it with Fauna Shaman. Lots of fun things you can do with that card for being a two casting cost common. 
Well, I think two it's... Two casting cost 1-1. One, one. Well, no, here's the thing. It's a two casting cost 1-1 one, one flyer. And this is the other thing, Sandwich. So you have to understand that, that the only way that you can get a Vengevine... Or the only way that you can get a Vengevine into the graveyard on turn two is with the Squadron Hawk. Because you could turn two Squadron Hawk, pull three Squadron Hawks into your hand... And then you have an overfill full hand, so then you have to ditch something. You ditch a Vengevine in the graveyard. Turn three, you're you're able to drop, drop a you know a couple creatures and play a Vengevine, and that's and that is exactly why I think that's great. That the fact that you can Squadron Hawks allow you if you have a Venge, just one Vengevine in your hand to get something to get it into the graveyard right away. Uncomfortable silence. Yeah, <laughs> I was just trying to make you guys feel all weird in that you know certain area with that with that whole description there. So and it, you and don't even have to do that to make us feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> all right, so let's see what's next on the agenda here. Looks like uh, are, are we done? I mean, is that I, it's a great deck and definitely Ed once again. Yeah, you know. So. I'll, I'll definitely keep my eye on it. I like I like those fauna shamans a lot. I they, love uh, those things, man. Pretty pretty tricky. Um, so emails, deck thoughts. That's the yeah. Where we're the going emails now. we got this week, and plus uh, the gentleman who sent in his his deck to us to mull over. Right. So uh, email for this week we have. Oh, let's see. Okay, this this is from. Cortland Baudreau. Did you, did you guys get this deck that I emailed to you? Okay. Uh, anyway. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Persecutor and Vampire Hexmage. Uh, yeah, yeah. I th- think so, yeah. Uh, so Cor- Cortland uh, sent us this deck, and he says, um, let's see. He said, nothing too amazing, but I came up with this standard deck list. And it says uh, four verdant catacombs, four misty rainforest, six forests, ten swamps, four bloodgast, four fauna shaman, one grave titan, one abyssal persecutor, two vampire hexmage, four birds of paradise, two gatekeeper of Malakir, four putrid leech, one ulamog the infinite gyre, gyre, whatever you want to call it, four rampant growth, three duress, four maelstrom pulse, two consuming vapor. 24 lands. Well, that's good. Uh, 13 spells. And a partridge in a tree. <laughs> yeah, so I guess actually, yeah, that's pretty much... Uh, well, so it's got 24 lands, 13 spells, 23 creatures. He was just breaking it down for us. He said, the first variant of this deck ran Ob, Prompt, Primeval Titan, and Lotus Cobras. However, birds fixed my mana much more reliably. I also chose to remove the Primeval Titans and Ob because it did not fit as well as I would have liked. Uh, he goes on to just kind of tell us how he how he plays it and everything. I don't want to necessarily read through all this, but he said, I think the deck's fairly good competitive deck that doesn't use many pricey cards aside from the fi- $15 rares. Um, said it's still nice to come up with interesting competitive decks that aren't jund, which I agree with what you're saying. And he said even if I'm using some of its cards. but So, uh, again, this is another uh, Fauna Shaman, Bloodgast, uh, strangely, one that's running green and black that isn't running Vengevines. Well, that's running Fauna Shaman, which is kind of unusual. 
But um, right, Benj Vines could definitely find a spot in here. Right. And is this more of the like what you were trying to describe? What you would do with the deck that we were just talking about? Like pretty much, yeah. Back? You pretty much. I didn't really take a very good look at this one, but yeah, I'd put more just green, black type stuff in there. Um, you know, Maelstrom pulses are awesome. You know, some of the green land grab stuff, so you can actually get out those big guys faster while you're fishing them up. Yeah. One of the things that you said, Beamy, uh, was that you think eleven is a little much um, because of Ulamog. I don't think. I think that Ulamog in this deck, he may not play every time. I mean, there's a lot of control in here, so that maybe you get to that point. But I think it's more. It's not necessarily that he's your win condition. For one thing, he prevents you from being milled, which is nice. I mean, the other thing thing that he does is he. Uh, he just he gives you that that condition that if a game does go long, then you will have this beater that that can definitely stomp someone in the face. I mean, granted, Grave Titan stomps people in the face, and so does Abyssal Persecutor. But you know, I mean, he's got multiple opportunities for win conditions, and I personally would like to see one more Grave Titan in here. That that I would have gotten rid of the Ulamog and maybe gone a second Grave Titan. Only yeah. because if he's got one, he's more than likely got two, and that I could see Ulabog in the Six and eleven man is a huge difference, right? The jump from six to eleven, right? Well, but but the, theoretically, by the time you see Ulamog, you'll have enough. I mean, you got birds in here. You've got four rampant growth. I wouldn't necessarily go with a with a like a Eldrazi creature unless I had more than just rampant growth. Like I would want. Rampant growth and colony hard expedition and something else, you know, or something along those lines. Something where you've got more than just one, one thing that's that's ramping. Because I'd be a little worried that you're kind of like you said, you're never going to live long enough to see eleven mana, but or the game won't go long enough. Either either you should be winning or losing by that time, I would think. But so you could probably throw Ulamog into the sideboard. Just in case you come across one of those mill decks, so if someone's actually still playing them, and then uh, yeah, I mean I agree. Though another Grave Titan would round this out pretty nicely. That's just my opinion on it. I guess you know, like you said before, you just don't have statistically, on average, based on the amount of cards you'll draw over time. If you draw that card in your first seven. You're gonna you're gonna probably more than likely mulligan the six because you're never gonna play it. It's gonna sit there the entire game. You're exactly. You're not gonna want it in your starting hand. Well, look at it this. Think about it this way. For one thing, other than that, is there even reason to have rampant growth in here? Not really, right? You know, it'd really. be better off as a creature because then you have more guys to discard if necessary. Yeah, so you, know, you could or just to shout. You know, right? It so could be it could be Lotus Cobras or one of those the guys who fetch lands when they come into play. Right. Um. I forget which ones are standard. Like still. the Sylvan Sylvan Ranger or whatever it's called. The, yeah, wasn't uh, there a new? There's a new one in M11, isn't there? Yeah, it's the Sylvan Ranger, the Elf, or it's, is that the one from M10? Turn, turn, tim- turn Timber Ranger, I believe what it is, and it's a one and a green for a one one that fetches a land. Yeah, I, that was the one from M10. Sylvan is the Elf from M11, I think. Okay, I'm running them, so I'm pretty positive that that's the way it is. But anyway, you got four rampant growth that could just basically go bye bye. 
and become creatures and become yeah the ulama could become another do. grave titan or and abyssal persecutor if, if you're using fauna shaman i feel like you just have to have venge finds in here and they're they really fill that four slot which i don't really see anything in that right. range yeah so just substitute rampant growth for venge vine i mean if if it's a key of this guy who built the deck didn't have venge vine and he didn't want to have to deal with a really expensive card and this is more of a budget right. build that's fine. Don't don't go with Vengevine, but I mean honestly, like, y- there's a lot of things you'd rather see in that spot. Um, you know, you could you could throw maybe a couple acidic slimes in, or there's a lot of things that you could that you could put to to. Uh, I mean, even for right now, like Master of the Hunt or something. You know, I mean, if you're just trying to make a bunch of of really good creatures, solid creatures in here. I would probably want another Abyssal Persecutor because if I mean that's a pretty big win condition card and you only got one, so are you really seeing it enough for it to actually serve a purpose? Um but it's solid. I mean it's it I could see how it would work, but I bet there's just a few times when he's wishing he'd ra- have it rather have a different card than a rampant growth or something, you know. So Okay, cool. Well, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think that's basically it. That's that's kind of our summary for that is to, in our opinion, replace the Ulamog. It's a cool card, but i put it in the sideboard um, for rampant growth. Just take those out, put different, like, maybe four drop creatures in. And, uh, yeah, those Borderland Rangers for a three. That's that's the, oh that's the, yeah Borderland Ranger is the one that was from M10. That's the one I was thinking of. So you may be right about that. Um, but yeah, anyway. So okay. So we've got yeah, just find something. I mean, if you really, but do you really need in in this something to find more mana? What, what do you? I don't know. It doesn't seem like it to me. Well, you're trying to you want you want your Grave Titans out. I mean, when you're you yeah, fish you out got, the guys. You've got birds. Turn, turn three, you start fishing up creatures, you know, yeah. with the shaman, so. Well, I would just, uh, just it's, looking it's, at it, it looks like it can control long enough. But you're right, you pro- you might want to go with that, so. It's kind of, it just depends. It, it, I mean, you could also, as if, you, if you're going budget, you could also go with the uh, the giant um, from Rise of the Eldrazi, that's, he, he costs four, and he, you... When you put it, when he comes into play, you search your library for a land, and put it onto the battlefield. So, if you're trying to get, you know, accelerated to that, being able to drop your how big is that guy? Titan, he's a two-four. But again, if you're going budget, which it, maybe that's the reason why he doesn't have vengevines, then that might be something to think about. An Andu giant. Yeah, the Andu giant exactly. Yeah, it comes in the battlefield. Search for a basic land card. Put it in the play tap. It's a two four. Right. For four. It's a body. It's a body that puts land, and if that's what you're looking for, is the extra land. You know, I mean, um, if if it's missing a four drop, then that fills your four drop spot. Uh, so anyway, let's see here. And Elijah, I think, may have sent us something. Oh, it looks like we didn't get anything back from Elijah after the last time. Uh, I'm not sure if we had any any more other than that. I know we've got we got like uh, a few people like Sam from the uh, Raiders of Teferi's Puzzle Box that said basically he thought in our uh, one of our previous episodes we had mentioned 
uh, what was it we mentioned like a having a head-to-head matches between podcasts uh, on workstation and he thinks that's a really great idea and he said they're down for it and then we had um, CJ in the comments on MTG cast also he, he gave us some uh, some good constructive criticism about needing to follow some sort of format which you know again the BME does put make a format they don't call me tangent for nothing uh, you know I like to go off on things but you know he gave us those constructive you know, criticisms and said basically you don't want to be derailed and I will say about derailing sometimes people love to watch a train wreck sometimes it is part of the fun of listening <laughs> to a podcast to hear it get derailed I mean like Conley for instance is one of the most popular people in podcasts and the reason why he's popular is not because he stays on topic it's because he's got anecdotes stories to tell He's just generally an entry per interesting person, and he's constantly derailing things, and it's awesome. And that's one of the reasons well, why we all love Conley. If you did not hear this week's Monday Night Magic, talk about Conley going off the track. <laughs> oh, but that's what I'm man. saying. Like that's what pe- people love. There are those people that need the structure and that love the structure, and then there are those people that just love like chaos and a mess. And so we try and we're trying to walk the line where we can we can keep on some sort of structured format and yet still feel free to derail once in a while to have some fun because that's you know it's part of it too is enjoying ourselves and having fun you don't want to listen to some boring just lecture the whole time um, i got to warn you all i got to warn you is i am never going to twist myself in bed again and if you, you've heard if you heard Monday night magic oh you my know god exactly that's horrifying for. man i know exactly what you're talking about i'm sure that ben's uh, already, uh, Ben has twisted himself in bed several times. <laughs> I'm sure. Is that near the end of it? Because I, I, I missed the end of the episode. The, the end of the episode, Conley was talking about how he woke up one day and, like, you know, guys waking up with the morning glory, right? And uh, he woke up and, and his sheets were, like, twisted around him, but he didn't realize it, so he, like, started to roll out of bed and it just, like, bent it, like, the wrong way, like Bennett horribly, and he was like ah, screaming out in pain and stuff. So yeah, it didn't sound. It's really a good. lot funnier when you hear him say it. Oh, it's absolutely, yeah. it's it's awesome. But you know, and then Tom Tom Conley's like, oh yeah, well you know, I mean I know you can't really do any damage, and, and Tom's like, no, actually you can. You really can break it, like unlike what people think. Yeah. <laughs> 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 So, That's yeah. why they call them broke dicks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> isn't that what you said? Isn't that that's like your brother's, right? Do you have a tattoo that says like the broke dick clan? Yeah, that's yeah, it. sweet dude. <laughs> cool man. Yeah. So Snapped anyway, off right in the <laughs> but it, you know, good, getting back on the tr- the track again, uh, CJ also said that he he knows um, the prototype guys. And that he was going to suggest that to them too, because he thinks it's a good idea. Um, which you know, I think Beamy, I think you said that you you sent. Did you say that you emailed them already on that? Yeah, I emailed them. They got back to me and said, uh, "So it doesn't seem like I'm blowing you off. I'll get back to you as soon as I can." The last <laughs> podcast said they were taking this. They were taking this week off. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, they had something going on or something to stop them from 
doing her show this week. So, I mean, at least he took time to go enough to go through his email and respond. I, You know, I mean, heck, if we <laughs> were going to be off for a week, I don't think I'd be checking the email, but that's just me. Yeah, yeah, totally. I guess I should also note that, uh, that it seems that Ultima 66 and, and us have resolved our differences for the most part. And he seemed, you know, ever after the initial explosion that happened on the last episode, everything cooled down and, and there was pretty reasonable discussion going on. So that was cool. Well, you noticed he calmed down as soon as we brought back the original two. Yeah, exactly. And well, I mean, four of us are together now. He seems <laughs> to be cool with it, which is good. I'm good with that. You know? Yeah, totally, man. I'm I agree. What was that? So I'm good with that. Are you? I'm glad, okay. Sandwich. People better be glad or be good with you, Sandwich, man. You're the man, dude. Oh yeah, the Sandwich Man. The Sandwich Man with mayonnaise. Sandwich Man. He spreads mayonnaise all man. over his body. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> so uh, let's see here. What do we got going on now? I really should stop actually moving off of the schedule because it does kind of cause me to get distracted here. All right, so I guess we're going on now. Did, is there anything else that we were going to, to talk about? Um, deck, it's deck thoughts, any other ideas or comments about any of that stuff we've talked about before I move on? Good. Putrid leeches the shit. <laughs> Play a GOP shit. <laughs> Play a GOP and putrid leech. Good call, dude. Was there was there a, a plated GOP in those? Or are you just no, randomly? I just throwing? love that kind of fucking crazy. Ass <laughs> fucking shit. I just love plated GOP. I bet you do, right. sandwich. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, let's see. We've got the grinder. So now we're grinder. What was that? Yeah. Your grinder. The grinder. Well, and also uh, Ben's grinder as well. Um, yeah, I did. I, I think well, we both. Fine. What was that? I don't claim it. It could be your grinder. <laughs> the next one we go to. Fine. Yeah, well, it wasn't really either of our grinder. Um, ben and I sat in, in a room with really not that many people. This grinder was actually pretty small. It was like 25 oh, people. people. No, it wasn't 15, 15. was it? Is that all that was there? Wow. It was 15. Yeah, okay. We couldn't even beat like half the people to get into the top Well, we did actually 15. beat half the people. We just didn't go two and one so that we could draw in. That's the problem. But, yeah, so so here's the thing. So we open our decks, and all around us, people are like, oh, my God, Primeval Titan. Oh, and a Grave Titan. Oh, and Liliana. And it's like, I, I open my, my sealed pool, and it's, you know, I've got, like, I've got Garrick, and I've got, um, I, I can't remember, there was a, oh, like the Mitotic Slime and stuff, there was, there was some decent cards, I had two Doom Blades, and so, some pretty decent stuff in what I opened, but of course you don't keep what you open. This is your actual pool? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't yeah. keep what you open, so I opened some okay stuff, so I'm thinking, okay, I'm not hearing anyone really bitching hardly about what they've got, and I'm hearing all this insane stuff, Bane Slayers, and there was at least two decks in there that got two titans in each one and people just coming off with all this crazy stuff so i'm i'm getting kind of excited thinking about the fact that at least i don't have to play mine I, because i had garrett I but that was prime evil titans i open a prime evil titan and and a sleep all kinds of good stuff right exactly so so we end up uh you know playing and and i i've actually got my deck here 
which which I'll, I'll go ahead and, and run through what I, what the deck was real quick, just to, to tell you how spectacular this is compared. And I did have I had a bomb or two, but notice what I'm the colors that I'm playing and what seems to be missing from this. Okay, so I've got I've got Azure, Azure Drake, the two four flyer, Blinding Mage. I've got two Blinding Mages actually. Um, Elixir of Immortality. Uh, let's see. Sorry. I, I splashed black because I did manage to come across one Doom Blade, so I was felt pretty good about that. Excommunicate. Um, Stormfront Pegasus. I had two, which was pretty sweet. Unsummon. Scroll Thief. Preordain. Diminish. Wall of Frost. Uh, Augury Owl. Cloud Crusader. White Knight. I did have an Air Servant, which is awesome. That card is totally sick. Um, sleep, Cloud Elemental, and you know Brittle Effigy, Jace's Ingenuity, and then my my uh, Mind Control, which is is pretty bomby for sure. And then I had a Storm Tide Leviathan, which is sick. When you actually get up to the eight mana and can cast that card, it's like What's deal with me or win or I win. It's the uh, Stormtide Leviathans, the 8-8, Island Walk. All lands are islands in addition to their other types. Creatures without flying or Island Walk can't attack. Wow. Yeah, so so the thing is, that card... It's like an island sanctuary. Right, on a beast. So, But the problem is, of course, because you're playing sealed, there's a ton of, uh, of uh, removal out there, right? Notice I don't have any, right? So... So I've got, you know, all these cards and and I've got a Doom Blade and like other than that it's quasi removal, excommunicate, diminish, and unsummon. That's my removal. Also, I'm playing blue white with no counter spells. Okay, so so there's I had once again, for the second time in these you know, these tournaments in actual paper cards, I got a, a bunch of good you know, blue cards and no counter spells at all. So that that really made things difficult for me. So what ended up happening, of course, is I had no protection for my creatures. So anyone who had decent removal, they were basically just screwed. Um, I had th there's there's a couple cards that I can say. Now I'm not saying I didn't make mistakes. This is not an an unlucky thing. I actually. I have to give this deck a little bit of credit because of the fact the amount of flyers I had, the blinding mages, and you know the leviathan, and even the mind control when it actually stuck. I actually had the ability to to win some games had I not given up. This is one of those times when I had kind of a defeatist attitude because I heard all these insane decks around, and then I opened this up and I'm like, seriously, you know, really, like all this stuff's around me. And and I got this crap, but I still should have made the most of it. And there's one specific game where I definitely could have beat the guy if I'd had my head in the game. But I got this like totally loser mentality, which I know I need to not do. And I uh, I mean I was kicking myself about it immediately afterwards because just like look, if I paid attention to the cards and I played the cards to the best of their ability, I still would have done okay. And I could have possibly made the top eight. And if I made the top eight, it would have been a whole new thing anyway. But, you know, I mean, the rest of the cards that I had were just almost literally complete garbage, except for there was a couple 
um, I did have Palace Guard, and why I didn't play him is beyond me, because I think I just didn't even realize what, what I had. Um, and... I got Time Reversal, that was the only Mythic I got, and yeah, I just really, especially in a format where everyone had these huge bombs, and I didn't, I really didn't think that was a good card to play. Um... Other than that, I I don't I don't even remember. The, there was some other card that I think that I should have played that I that I didn't. But the main one was Palace Guard because because of the ability to block multiple creatures. As long as he wasn't killed, he would have actually done a lot for me. So, do you want to say anything about the games you played, Ben? Like what you know what you saw? Because I can I can say I made some mistakes. You know, I mean, I, I lost to, to a guy who tried to assassinate his own guy on my turn. Wow. Really? Yeah. I went to why put a... I went to like put, he attacked you? Yeah, exactly. Why, why? couldn't he do it? Is that what you why said? Why couldn't he do it? On, on my turn? Did you, did assassinate you the sorcery. Oh, he tried to, tried to assassinate your guy on... on no, he tried turn. to assassinate his own guy on my turn. Here's the thing. What is he trying to assassinate? So check this. Check this out. This is a, this is actually a good story. So he has the Blood Throne Vampire, which is the he's the one one, and you can sack a creature to give him plus two plus two, right? And and then he had the the shade, the the Nantuko Shade, which is the two one, and then you can pay one to give him plus one plus one, one black to give him plus one plus one, right? right? So he had both of those guys. He had guys that basically. He was capable of being way too powerful for me. I needed to get rid of one of them, even if it meant losing my mind control, right? So I was like, like, I'll give you a dollar. Well, I was like, well, I'm going to try and take the Nantuko (laughs) Shade, right? So I go to put... He'd already attacked me with the Nantuko Shade. I knew I needed to get rid of him, even if it meant he was just going to sack him to the other guy. But the other guy, then he wouldn't have any creatures, so all he'd have is one, one, one on the board. That's a lot easier to deal with for me. So, so I I go to mind control his Nantuko shade, and I'm thinking he's just instantly going to sack it, right? He taps his mana and tries to assassinate it. I was like, "Yeah, you can't do that," you know. And he's like, "What?" And I said, "That's a sorcery." Oh, oh God! I need to read the cards. Like, oh God, seriously, I'm like losing to this guy. And then, and and I don't mean to be rude about that. It's just like, geez, the guy. So then, then he goes. He goes. Well, whatever. Take it. And he tosses the card to me. Oh my God! Awesome. <laughs> so that's what I mean. Like, like uh, he assassinated him later. Then he wasted the assassinate on him later. But it's like uh, that's the point. Uh, soon after that, after I took him and had him and finished my turn, he's like, Oh my God! Why didn't I just sack him? You know. And it's just it. That's that's what I, I was playing with people. They were less experienced that I should have beat, but I made stupid mistakes because I just had convinced myself that my deck was too horrible to win with. Instead of instead of playing the cards, it's 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 these things that I have to learn from. You know, like I have to see this and then learn from it, which I won't let myself get into that situation again. I haven't really ever been in the situation where this deck really was good enough, but good enough to at least maybe make top eight to at least compete i haven't been in the you know what i mean i haven't been in the situation where i could have done that but i told myself that it wasn't good enough because i didn't have these sick bombs that other people had 
I mean, I'll tell you, the Stormtide Leviathan, he just is insane, man. So, what were you going to say, though? No, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, were you going to say anything about your about your situation? Oh, yeah, I mean, my, my deck, I mean, I, I've got the, uh, I got a uh, uh, Grave Titan, foil Grave Titan at that, so that was pretty nice, pretty good pull to have. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought you said it was Primeval. <laughs> it was Grave? Oh, oh no, you're no, talking no, about the one that you played. We, right. we opened all the packs to, you know, to pretty much ensure that the pool, you know, everyone will all open the packs and you write down your deck list, or not the deck list, but the whole pull list down on the sheet. And then after they do that, everyone takes them and sticks them in a box and then they shuffle them up and just hand them out to people randomly. So I opened a Primeval Titan, but I didn't get to keep it. So... After we got our decks back, you know, randomized, I got the Foil Grave Titan, um, got Liliana Vess, and uh, so I kind of, I kind of felt like going black at that point. Um, yeah. And in green, I had the uh, Overwhelming Stampede, which was just absolutely sick and won me most of my games that I actually won. But uh, there was, a, there's definitely a few games I played pretty badly. I could have probably built my deck a little better. Um, well, you said you know. wanted it to did. go black-red, oh. didn't you? And just take the oh, green out, red. even though Overwhelming Stampede was so good? Yeah, I mean, I could have gone red, because I, ha- I did have two uh, Lightning Bolts, and I really probably should have. Um, but most of my, I mean, my other red cards, you know, I had a uh, Doblin Chieftain, you know, and some other, you know, just a bunch of little, a couple little small guys... But there really wasn't that much else in red that I liked other than two red lightning bolts. So I might have gone and just, you know, maybe try to do three colors. But, uh, you know, if the problem was I only had one Cultivate um, and one Terramorphic Expanse. Well, I think you could still splash the red pretty easily. I mean, even if you only put, like, you know... Uh, it, well, I would have splashed for the lightning bolts regardless. I mean, regardless of what I had. Just like I splashed for uh, a Doomblade. You know, I spat, splash yeah. black just because... In retrospect, I probably would have. Um, yeah. I just, you know, I had a lot of double double green, double black. And, you know, I had Sign in Blood. Um, I did have a Mind Rot that I never saw. That I <laughs> yeah. So. Well, that's another thing that people might not understand about these high-level events is, you know, you go to a pre-release or a release party... And, you know, you don't have to fill out these lists in the beginning and then get someone else's deck. But but uh, even beyond that, once you make the deck, like, you select the deck on the list that you're going to play. And from then on, you start each match with that. It's not like a pre-release or a release where if you decide after the first match you play, oh, God, I should have gone red. It's not like that at all. You, you have to right. play the beginning of the match with the deck that you started with. So... Right, you always have to reset to the base deck, and then you could sideboard out a color and just put in a whole different color if you want to for games two and three. But game one, you always had to go back to whatever you wrote down on your deck list. Right, so it's very important in building deck building to begin with that you get it you get it as close to right as possible. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I did have a juggernaut too, which he helped out quite a bit. Yeah, but, Juggernaut's uh, pretty cool, actually. I know, it ended up to, yeah, if I should have gone red because I just didn't have enough removal. Um, you know, I did have the uh, uh, Plummet, which was kind of nice, and a couple Frogs. Um, 
But other than that, I really didn't really have any removal fogs. You know, they're not removal. I did have a quag sickness, which uh, definitely kicked some ass from the time. But uh, yeah. in the right situation, but you know, most of the time I ended up having the fog in my hand. I would just rather just throw down another two-two creature just to get in the way and actually kill something. Every time I use the fog, it seemed like it's just like I'm just delaying death for one more turn. I'm not actually doing anything to improve the board. Yeah, it's not yeah, really viewed. Power, it's not really viewed. I mean, maybe a one-of or something. It's not really viewed as a very good card to play in general. Yeah, and I actually got, I got two of them, and I probably shouldn't have played them. Yeah. Um, I would have played I, one at most, and, and that only being like if you suspect that you're going to be able to get the board presence to win on the next turn, and that's basically the only way that the right. fog really does anything for you. Exactly. Delays death a turn if you're... <laughs> In most situations, you're just all you're doing is just drawing a different card. Right. You're like, all right, I fog this turn and draw a different card. Right. Yeah. Which again, I mean, unless there's a card in your deck that's going to win you the game next turn, it doesn't really do much of anything. Right. And I didn't really have that. Uh, anytime I got Grave Titan out, I you know kicked a lot of ass. Uh, the first game I could have, or the first match, uh, one of the games I could have definitely, if I was stampeded earlier, I actually could have stampeded earlier, and it would have been, you know. I was thinking, oh, well, I want to get another creature out. Like, I only had two creatures out. I wanted to get a third creature out before I stampeded. Yeah. But I, I should have just stampeded and got my damage in right then uh, rather than wait to try to get more guys out before I pushed in because of the, just the timing of it. The timing of it turned out he killed my... He plummeted my... Uh, um, I think it was a Banshee. Yeah, I think he, he plummeted... No, he plummeted my Nightwing Shade. You know, oh, okay. after right after I popped the uh, overwhelming stampede, so well, so so check this out that on the on the very last game, the one that I was playing against those one of those two brothers, you know, the uh, <laughs> and Beamy, you'll, you'll think this is kind of interesting. Yeah, I know you listen to limited resources. Oh so, yeah, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> Marshall and uh, and Ryan would definitely love this. That the very Last game, last match I played, I played this kid who who had a sixty plus card deck, right? So yeah, I would have cried if I had lost, but I, I you know I, I just demolished him the first game. I don't think he'd actually even hurt me. And the second game, he started off the game like this: turn one, forest, right? Hornet sting to my face. So wow. yeah, yeah, it's like. That's how good his deck was. I mean, and that's why I said the limited resources guys would really love that. That people are not only are they playing that card, but they like think it's so good that they're gonna dome you with it on the first play of the game. Yeah. So it's like I, if I was gonna put that card in my deck, it absolutely would not be to go to someone's dome. It would be like you know to kill a stormfront Pegasus or something. I I don't see any other reason to have that card in the deck ever. It's just such a bad card. Well, when you're building 60-card decks in that kind of format, I mean, oh, man. Oh, yeah, it was really... I felt sorry for them because it was just... It's They were learning, and I I mean, I even... I, I directed them to not only this podcast, but just to MTG Cast and said, you know, go on here, learn from people. There's tons of resources all over the Internet. You can find get, get a hold of a ton of them through... You know this website, and I said, "You guys, you know, it's it's awesome that you're trying to learn. 
I've been there where I built decks that were just too big, and you know, you're, they were trying to learn some of the rules, and I felt bad because it was like I knew that these guys were out of place being at a grinder to begin with. You know, they just they wanted to play, and I thought that was awesome. But the problem is, is that this grinder, this was not the people that don't know how to play. You know, this was all people that want to go to PT, or I mean, to Grand Prix Portland. So all these guys were some of the best people around here. You know, and it was just, uh, it was, I'm, I'm glad that they're trying to learn, and that's why I was trying to help them. And I said, you know, in spite of the fact that they did some things that were questionable, and they didn't necessarily know all the rules, we did try and help them, and, and they still went there. That's the important thing, so. Bores me sometimes what you see at sometimes those events. You, you would think you'd see nothing but, you know, players that are ready to, you know, hit the next level, but, you know, the Magic's a, an amazing game where it, it can draw in people, even for something like this, that, you know, aren't the ones that are ready to go, but are willing to take the chance and go out there. I mean, that's not a I cheap mean, investment. A, yeah, well, it's just another Magic game. It, you know, it was pretty, you know, 30 bucks. You know, it'd go buy six packs of cards. Not a very good deal, exactly, but... Uh, no, but I think they just you know, wanted to play... Which, you know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would do it. You know, I don't. I'd play on the, you know, on the pro tour if they would let me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Does, you know. Yeah. Right. Even though I know I probably, you know, couldn't really compete with them, it's like still. Yeah. Exactly. Here to play Magic. Gonna play it. Uh. So next on the agenda here, I guess we can move on since I we talked for an hour on that. Um. The TCG Player Championship Series. Uh, we have the link to to that on TCG Player. And uh, did you want to discuss that there, Beamy? Well, yes. I wanted to. You know, it's we discussed that in our first podcast that right. we did together about that, and or the second one. Second, yeah. With with the big money that's coming into it, but uh, the news that they listed some of the locations they're going to and. The closest to you is a date to be announced in Boise, Idaho. Oh, very nice. Otherwise, everything is East Coast or South or Texas, Georgia. It's kind of weird to see the locations of this. You would think Chicago is a rather large city, that they wouldn't just be hosting it, the finals there. They'd actually be having it somewhere else. They're not. It's... It's places, Maine, Florida, New York, Vancouver gets one, uh, right. New York, you know, Louisiana, Puerto Rico gets one. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. A little, I'm a little confused by what it came up with for the thing. Now, they said there's going to be adding more dates and so on and so forth for this. Uh, the one nice thing about it is, is everything, again, is real friendly to the dollar amounts. I mean, the events, the seals are 30 bucks. Right. The, the $5,000 main event is a $30 fee. The drafts are $20. EDH is $20. Standard and extended are $20. Now, the Sunday sealed main event is $40, but it's a $5,000 sealed main event. You oh, just that? Well, that's a rip-off. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Forty bucks to turn it yeah. into five to pants for five thousand. If you yeah, can guarantee all. me that I will make that five thousand dollars, I will pay the forty dollars for sure. There is no doubt in my mind. 
nothing like making your investment go up quickly. Uh, <laughs> it's it's again. It, this is a very friendly, very very friendly uh, for all sorts of magic players to go to, and I wish they had one closer to me than the finale. Uh, but uh, as of now, they don't. But I mean, to they make it. They're they're offering everything. There's going to be vendors. There's going to be uh, able to buy and sell cards. You'll be able to do basically anything you'd want to do in Magic, and you'd learn. There's lots of free demos and learn how to play and keep your deck good and all sorts of fun stuff they're offering. That it is awesome, and actually the the Vancouver BC one is actually just as close to me as the Boise one is. Um, maybe even a little closer. So there's a possibility of even doing that one. Um, but yeah, in in general though, this is this is really amazing that they've put put this together. And even if you're not able to go to every single one of these, just the fact that that we now have this many more tournaments available. You know, if you're able to hit Star City Games tournaments, you're able to hit the Grand Prix and things. It's just, it's so, so much. I mean, people that weren't able to hit tournaments, like high-level tournaments, are now going to be able to do that. And even if it is kind of a weird group of locations, it's the fact that, you know, this is stuff that wasn't available last year. You know, isn't available this year, unless you're able to hit some of the Star City ones. This is new, and this is just an increasing amount of cities to be able to do things beyond what we already have and i think it's i think it's awesome i think the more the merrier as far as i'm concerned i can, can't possibly argue with that uh but that's basically what i want to talk about with that and you can go to tcgplayer.com and look up the tournament series more information there on that and they will be updating that as they get more sites confirmed for it awesome um so now we we uh, wanted to talk about uh, our good friends at Mana Deprived. Uh, there was an article by Noah Long regarding the was this the, uh, the his basic prescription for for becoming a good constructed player? Is that what it was? Or yeah, five rules to success, and right. uh, the one that my man here should be reading here at the end is never concede until you're actually dead. <laughs> Or, or, I'm sorry, rule number four, tilting is all in your head. The tilting, yes, which I actually did respond to that saying, yes, I know I need to not do that. I don't concede until I'm dead. I just I just quit in other ways. I shut myself. <laughs> I, I went on tilt, and I uh, went on tilt a little differently the time before. I The time before, I thought I had a solid deck for the most part, and just did not draw into anything that I needed to see, and that frustrated me, and it was stupid. This time was like I just I I it got in my head because everyone else had such good stuff and it was amazing and people were talking about it nonstop about all this great stuff they had and I was just like really I've got sleep you know and it just it just not realizing how amazing Stormtide Leviathan was I I didn't necessarily underrate the card but I was more worried about him getting doombladed as soon as he hit the table and and my, but you know what the thing is they had to deal with my flyers they had to deal with my flyers and so doom blades and things like that were getting eaten up on other stuff so i just what, i needed to relax one, sorry the one thing you got to realize especially in those kind of level tournaments 
that aren't the professional level ones, I mean, you know, pro tour events, is that a lot of those guys bullshit a lot. And they'll say and do things to get any tactical advantage they can because they're not pro tour players. Because pro tour players have a different set of etiquette that they use than the people who want to get there. A lot of those players have a tendency of being the, quote, I'm the best player in my area kind of mentality. Right. And don't get that ability to break through. And those are the people that tend to be, oh, yeah, well, I got this, this, and this, and you got no chance against me. And it's like, I know how, you know, so when you're playing against them, it's you know how good you are. They can sit there and trash talk to you for an hour before the game. Just go out there and play the cards and kick their ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Totally. I know. I, I it's it, it's not the trash talk really that were that bothered me at this whole thing though. It was really just it was me. I got into my own head and I need to not let it happen again and I won't. But I had to learn from the experience of just going, wow. You know, if I had actually played these cards, uh, I would have done okay. You know, and. I mean, even Ben said, you know, he could his he could have possibly made his deck a little better, in which case he would have done a little better. You know, it was it was both of both of us had some some flaws to the way we were thinking about it, and it ended up we we were probably our worst enemy. All we had to do was win, you know, two of the yeah. f- first games, two of the first it three games. So it it's a lot easier to win poker when you're dealt aces, but uh, when you're not, you can still win poker. So yeah, exactly. So you that's know what it comes down to. I do have a deck here that that I'm going to be playing on game day. I'd kind of like to real quickly just run over with you guys uh, if if that's cool and see what you guys think. And if anyone else has wants to throw in some input on this, it's a mono blue control deck. I've been playing it a lot online. I enjoy it a lot. And if nothing else, you know, I think it people won't really see it coming. So that's one thing I think is pretty cool about it. Um, I'm running two Leyline of Anticipation, four Domestication, uh, four or three Mind Control, four Four C, four Mana Link, one Jace's Ingenuity, three Aether Adept, four Preordain, one Elixir of Immortality. Three calcite snapper, which I kind of want to bump up to four, just because as stupid as that card is, it's awesome. Two sphinx of Dwar Isle, four deprive, one conundrum sphinx, and then I'm just as far as land goes, I'm running four Halimar depths, four, uh, or no, two tectonic edge, which I'm thinking about bumping up also, and then uh, islands. Lots of islands. And then uh, in the sideboard, I've got two Brittle Effigy, four Narcolepsy, one, or no, three Negate, one one additional Sphinx of Dwar Isle, just in case I want to pull the Conundrum Sphinx out and replace it with the uh, third Sphinx of Dwar Isle, anyway. Uh, three Flash Freeze, two Negate, two Into the Royal. So basically, the the whole idea is to... You know, obviously hold them off with counter spells to begin with, using preordain and preordain and four uh, C to scry into the cards I need to, and then also um, obviously I want I'm hoping to get a ley line out. And the thing is, is contrary to what a lot of people think, the ley line isn't a bad card to see later 
Because if, you know, when I get up to six mana, say, I can drop the ley line and still leave counter magic open. And from then on, it's really hard to get me out of out of control in the game because I can start casting all my spells on their turn. So they can attack and I can domesticate in response, you know, or use a mind control in response or drop a sphinx of Dwar Isle in response. And, you know, I found, like, lots of cool things happening with this, like... Like, I'll drop a Halimar Depths and stack the deck to where my next card's going to be an Aether Adapt, Adept, and then I'll attack with a Conundrum Sphinx, naming Aether Adept. This happened just today, for instance. And so I get the Aether Adept into my hand, and then, because I have Leyline of Anticipation into play, I cast the Aether Adept, return one of their creatures back to their hand, and then, you know, it's just, there's just so much that, that I can do between, with Leyline of Anticipation, um, and the fact that I can domesticate and use mind control and all this stuff happens on their turn. The Calcite Snappers, though, are kind of like the new hero of the deck, in my opinion, because, you know, for three, you get this one four with Shroud, and the main thing is all, the deck is all Shroud, except for the Conundrum Sphinx, which, the Conundrum Sphinx, Basically, I would take out if there was something in there. If he was constantly just being killed, I would take him out and replace him with another Sphinx of Draw Isle. But the the Calcite Snappers being one for Shroud, and if you drop a land, they've got landfall. If you drop a land, you get to switch their power and toughness, and they lose defender. And so you get to attack... With or maybe they maybe they don't have defender anyway. There's no defender. Yeah, they don't have defender anyway. But they're one four, and they they you get to switch their power and toughness if you want. So when I'm playing control decks, or even red deck, and you know, like I beat a red deck with three calcite snappers on the board just with that. And as soon as you know, I played a land and attack for twelve, they just conceded because there's just nothing they can do to stop him unless they unless they happen to have an earthquake. And even then, they've got to pump pump four extra additional mana into the earthquake to be able to stop them and that's assuming that I'm not going to counter so you know there's there's a lot of things in this deck basically that that prevents you know for one thing most of the time I'm using your own creatures on you um, a lot of times that's those things are coming into play on on your turn not on mine and you know a lot of it, it just be me seen it and it's been it's been I honed it a little bit since then. So Beamy's actually got to experience a little bit of it, but um, so, uh, threaten to cancel your MTGO count for it. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, Ben? Uh, what was it? What was that? Uh, the one casting cost blue. Didn't you have it in there? The scry. That, that's preordained. Yeah. Preord. Oh, preordained. Yeah. yeah. I was just trying to look it up. So is that? So why would that be better than ponder? Uh, it's because you get to, like, okay, with Ponder, you're looking at three cards, right? And then you're putting those three cards back in any order. With with Scry, you get, if if the cards suck, then you put it on the bottom of your deck. Like, with Ponder, you don't get to just choose whether or not you want to see those three cards. If those three cards suck, if, say, you got three islands, well, then you got three yeah. islands. You know, and but you, you, just, shuffle, you can shuffle your library, so that's, like, that's essentially the exact same thing. Well, it, it sort of is, but the thing is, is you can just as easily I, shuffle. I guess you have less less chance of drawing those two cards you put on the bottom because you're not shuffling them it, up. But, it, uh, yeah, exa- well, uh, the, the key to, with Scry is you're theoretically getting all the crap you don't want on the bottom of your library, so when you ponder and you shuffle, 
you're really just giving yourself a chance of getting all the crap you don't want again, right? That's why Scry is actually a little better than Ponder. It's just you're you're getting the same depth into your deck. You're not. You're getting two instead of three. No, because if you put those two on the bottom of your deck, then you draw the third card. It's three either way. Right. I mean, it can be three if you want it to be. Well, this ponders three or four, though. Preordains two or three. Well, no, ponders three or one, right? Because you, you shuffle. You don't take those cards and put them on the bottom that you didn't want. They're shuffled into your deck. So it's three or one into your deck because you don't know what you're going to... I mean, you could just as easily shuffle those three cards back right onto the I top. Mean, that's a, I mean, that's essentially the same thing you get with preordain. I mean, you're, you're the odds, you know, it's, the odds of getting those two cards back is pretty low. Compared yeah, to I mean, I, I guess, man. Cards. I don't know. I, you, I think most, pe- most people are... You have to actually get the other cards. I understand the, the, like, the odds behind it, but it just seems like ponder unless you get look at three cards and you could go for the fourth if you don't like any of them. Yeah, Whereas I know. I don't know, man. All I could say I is... Guess ponder, I guess with Ponder, if you do want one, then you can't get rid of the other two that you don't like. Exactly. You know, that's... But still... It's, it's No, I mean, man, trust me. Use them. Use Scry. Scry is just better than Ponder. It's just... It just is. I, I mean, I'm not the only one that's using... Well, I'm saying Scry... Yeah, I'm saying Scry as a utility, though, is better than what you do well, in Scry's, Ponder. Well, Scry's cool, but it's that's that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Preordain Preordain or, is Scry. Or, Scry or 2, Ponder. Draw 1. Right. I'm just saying I'd rather scry regardless of what card it is than use a ponder mechanic, personally. Like, like ponder's cool, but I think preordained well, better. better. It's a better mechanic, but you get less efficiency out of it. Like you Not necessarily. Like, ponder, ponder lets you look at four cards. If you if, if the first three you don't like any of them, you can go for that fourth one. Preordained, you get to look at three cards. Yeah, you know, but you you're guaranteeing you don't see... Like, I'm just saying, I, I know what you're saying, but I think, like, efficiency-wise, it's still, preordained still has a little bit of an edge. I mean, uh, Beamy, have, have you seen anyone using Ponder over preordained since preordained came out? Um, the only time I saw it was on the uh, the GGS Live coverage of Legacy Tournament. Legacy, right, right. Legacy. That's, and that's so on Legacy, they, they like Ponder better than preordained. Yeah, legacy, yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, most of the time, like if you're playing, like I don't know, I, I like preordain, and and I, I'm using four C two. The other thing about preordain is, it just, I don't know. I mean, I just think preordain's better. I, I could try ponder, but I don't, I don't ever like when I get a preordain. It's not like I'm ever like. Here's the thing, I guess. When I used to get ponder, sometimes I would get ponder, and I'd just be like, God, I really wish this was anything else. I don't ever get that when I'm, I'm using preordain because I know with one less card you look at the two cards and you don't like them. Yes, because like I said, man, you can, I know it's it, the chances of you getting those, but the thing is with preordain, there is no chance of you getting those two stupid cards that you didn't want to see. That's the thing. There is no chance they're going to the bottom of your deck. I'd much rather have that than to be like, oh, I'm going to shuffle this up. Especially if I'm getting my deck the way I want it to. I mean, if you're going to do that, then there's no reason to use 4C at all. 4C is scry 4 and draw 2. Well, you're trying to get all the crap on the bottom. If you then go and ponder, then you just shuffle it all into your library again. It's like, it just it right. ruins the whole thing. You know, it, the only the only way that I want to do that is with my well, one, one Elixir of Immortality, and that's only in a situation where either I'm about to die... I, I don't like that card at all. Elixir of Immortality? 
Yeah, I just don't. I don't see it. I mean, you're paying three mana for five life. That's not what you're paying I mean, it for, man. You're paying it to shuffle your graveyard into your library. The the five life is only an added benefit. Like I said, if you're getting ready to die, and again, that's not only a card that only I'm using. Much like preordain, it's like elixir immortality is is a utility to to shuffle your library into your. I mean, your graveyard into your library. One, if you start. You know, like let's put it this way. There's been times when I've had 12, 13 mana on the table, okay? Most of the cards that are in my graveyard are cards I would like to see again at this point. So I will sometimes right. shuffle, especially if I drop a Hellmar Depths and I'm like, whoa, these three cards suck, you know? Then I'll shuffle my library with Elixir of Mortality. Not only do I gain the five life, Elixir goes back in my library. So that way, if I need it to come up again, I can use it again. And people that are trying to either mill you or you know discard decks and things like that. They keep you keep you keep your stuff going back into your into your library. So I mean it's it is it's yeah, a one of and no more than a one of. I wouldn't put like six of them That's in my deck. You know what I mean? I don't want to see it all the time. But brittle effigy is sweet though. I mean I I had up and I had never had it in the sideboard until recently, just because I I kind of wanted to make room for like the calcite snappers and stuff. But that's a good card. Brittle Effigy? Yeah. What do Ooh, you think? Five? Well, yeah, but but how, how many uh, you remove creature from game does blue have? Right. I mean, it is colorless, which is pretty nice. Yeah. So, I mean, plus you can Really just... inefficient, though. Not, I mean, not necessarily, to, man. You put compared, it... to your, compared to your eight, uh, you know, mind control effects... You know, I don't know. Seems but he's, all right. But he's looking for toolbox cards, I really think. That's what I right. think he's doing with those. He's filling out the deck with utility Things cards that, that can help him in a sticky it's, situation. It's mono blue, right, right. Yeah, that's the main you go, thing. go mono color, you really have to try to find something that's going to be able to fit in there that, you know, fulfills what the other color would have normally fulfilled. Right. What do you think of it, Beamy, though, honestly? Like, what's your opinion? I mean, I'm not... I'm not saying I'm not listening to you, like Ben. Uh, you know, as far as like the elixir, it has a specific purpose. Just like, just like being oh, yeah. said, it's a, it's. Well, a I mean, I didn't, I didn't realize exactly that it shuffled your whole library in there. I thought you just shuffled the stupid thing back in there. No, no, it seemed pretty, pretty worthless. But since you shuffle your graveyard, also, it's you know, it's kind of a Felden's cane. Right, right. Well, yeah, considering the amount of sorceries he's running in this deck, uh, to put those back in there is important in his case. The thing I'm and I know it doesn't fit what you're doing, but the only card I could see that would be kind of a, especially with the gotcha mentality of this deck, might be fun to sideboard in as a clone. And I say that only because if he pulls out something with a haste, you can clone it and kill it instantly. Yeah, if I got Leyline down, clone would be awesome. I mean, even if I, yeah, I mean, it, w- it would be a, a great card if the Leyline came out. The the only thing I worry about with with clone at all is just whereas as I guess would I rather have clone or would I rather have like say um sorry would I rather have clone or would I rather have another mind control mind. effect you know like would I rather because yeah. there are, there are more mind control effects and it's like 
would I rather clone that thing so I have a copy of it so I can fight head-to-head with it so maybe he destroys mine and then he still got his? Or would I rather just take control of this stupid thing and then if he wants to destroy it, he's got to destroy his own dude? You know, I I, I thought about clone a lot because I do like the card, but it's just a question of what, what was that? Do you have a sideboard yet? Because I see the first thing people doing is sideboarding all their enchantment hate, you know. Yeah, but I mean, that's why I have counter spells, though. It doesn't really shut. And that's where, right. You know, I I haven't really played against anyone that's destroyed anything of mine yet. How many counter spells do you have? You have the mana leak and what else? I have mana leak and, uh, and mana leak and, uh, God, what is it? Uh, Deprive both main boarded and then I have, um, Negates and flash freezes in the sideboard. So, so if I do come across anything else outside of ridiculous. Uh, any other draw draw ability like a tempel or I thought about that too, and then and it's kind of the same situation. as like, do I really want to give them more cards or not? I don't know. I don't know. A chase. You know, it may be wor- yeah, worse. like a planal. Old plain old Jace. I have thought about that too, Jace, Jace Bellerin, just because then it'll also shut down other people's uh, Jace, the mind sculptor, you know, because then then they, they if they play it, they've got to either drop their own Jace first, or you know they've got to Oblivion Ring my Jace or something. So I have thought about that too. I'm just not I'm not sure. He, like what? What would I take out though? That's the thing. So anyway, you know, I don't want to like spend the whole another hour talking about this. I just kind of wanted your guys' idea, and if you guys have any more ideas, I want to hear it. I'll think about the Jace. I'm, I just need to figure out what to take out in order to fit him in because I I did think about that too. You know, turn three Jace definitely makes them think about their turn four play. So yeah, yeah. Well, if it works as well as it did against me, it should do wonderful. But you know, then again, it's actually I'm not exactly improved running. a little bit. No, it's it's improved a little bit since then too. I mean, the I it sounds stupid, but those calcite snappers are awesome. I mean, I I did. They seem I don't know that that's the the turtle right who swaps yeah. four one for or one four for four one. Right. You know what stops them is any one one creature well, from <laughs> that's attacking. The, that's what I from think. attacking, but I don't. I don't need to remember. I don't need to attack with them. They're blockers that yeah. can attack if someone doesn't have creatures on the board. That's all they are, man. They're blockers. They're walls. What, what other me. creatures do you have? I have Ether Adepts, which again can bounce that Aether one-one Adepts. creature. Yeah, I've multiple times oh, bounced. Guys. What was that? Ah, uh, Ether Adepts, awesome. Yeah, I've multiple times bounced even Sapperling tokens out of the way so that the Calcite Snapper can get through. Uh, and then, right. most importantly, it's my, you know, mind controls and dom- domestications. It's like, whatever creature I have is whatever creature they have, you know. So, I mean, I've stole Sun Titans. I've stole, like, all of Beamy's, uh, was it Vampires? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I've stolen, uh, I've stolen just ridiculous th- Vampire Nocturnus, and then followed by a Vampire, uh, a Malakir Blood Witch, and... You know, it's it's whatever creatures they have. That's that's the creature that I have that's going to attack and win. And if all else fails, then it comes down to my Sphinx of Jor Isles. You know, the key oh, is right. is that the creatures that I do have have Shroud. So the only way they're going to get rid of them is with a really pumped up, uh, you know, Earthquake 
or Wrath of God. You know, and I'm hoping that by the time that I have these creatures into play, that, you know, like if I know they're playing Wrath, I won't drop a turn three Calcite Snapper unless I'm going to have turn four first. You know, because I don't want them to Wrath today judgment, you know, the my cards away. I will be able to play uh, some sort of counterspell to stop that if that's what I want to do. You know, I mean, the 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 calcite snappers give me the early opportunity to be able to kill like mind sculptor and things like that. They they a lot of those decks don't have a real early game other than a couple walls, and these things kill walls. So you know that's that's the key. Is like I needed a creature that can do damage early to those decks that just try and control you in the beginning. Like blue-white control, all they try and do is drop Oblivion Rings and stuff like that on you in the beginning to try and keep your creatures down. Eventually, Day of Judgment you. You know, they'll be dropping Jace the Mind Sculptors and things like that, but the key is, is these things can't be balanced by Jace the Mind Sculptor. They can't be hit by Oblivion Rings. The only thing that blue-white control can do to those guys is hit him with a day of judgment, you know, and that's and that's why it's so, it's so. I wanted that shroud, and it works perfectly for what I needed it for. And that being okay, said, about it. It. Well, it sounds pretty cool. Bit. Okay. Yeah, I don't think anyone's gonna see it coming, so you're probably gonna be, you at least get that factor in. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the main thing. I just, you know. I, I just kind of wanna wanted to take something that was a little bit rogue and and try it out down there. So we'll see how it goes. Probably be the only uh, mono blue deck without Jace the Mind Sculptors. <laughs> Yay! I've got that going for me. Yeah, All right, without the hundred dollar card in your deck. Right. Well, Jace the Mind Sculptor can kiss my pasty white ass. How about that? Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, well, I know normally that would be you, but, you know, not tonight. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll let Jace uh, sneak in there for one. <laughs> a, little, a little smooch. All right, cool. Well, hey, uh, so what else do we got going on? Because I accidentally closed my deal here. I think that was about it, wasn't it? Yeah, we want to talk about the uh, the uh, tease we've been talking about all along since you've been bringing it up. With, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the uh, well, first of all, I can talk about the contest for this. Yes, where we are going to be starting up a website, a Mana Screwed website, and we'll have some uh, blogs and information, but we'll also have a ton of links for people out there. Kind of a one-stop resource where we'll link to all the information out there, so players that that don't know where to find things can go to to the Mana Screwed website and we'll have links there to everything every resource that we know to be able to get find information out there and uh and other things uh podcasts and video blogs or what or video uh podcasts or whatever but the the thing that we have right now is we want to introduce is this contest where we need a logo. We need some sort of graphic logo image for Mana Screwed Podcast. And it can be anything that you guys want to come up with in your head. I don't want to just leave this open to you know graphic designers. I want to have it open and available to everyone. Now, the, the winning person, who obviously it will hopefully be a, a pretty good graphic design, the winning person would get their choice of either two slightly used 
Mox Diamonds or to Elspeth Knight Errant. That's that's the the winner of that we decide to actually use the logo. The only stipulation is that, that we will give them credit for the logo, but that needs to be our logo. So we get to use the logo without you know any big controversy afterwards. Just uh, we're you know we're we're doing this. We don't have anyone who can design graphics, so we need a logo. And anyone can join. You can scr- you know draw a logo on a napkin and take a picture of it. Any anyone can join. The 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 winner of we'll do like a random drawing for anyone that dis you know that for anyone that doesn't make the initial that doesn't win the first thing we'll do a random drawing for the rest of the people and you will win whichever prize the winner does not pick so you know if they choose mox diamonds then you win to elspis if they choose elspis you win to mox diamonds and Are uh, employees of the show currently eligible to be this <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. Even me. No, I'm just kidding. So I, 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 uh, yeah. Feel free. Do do whatever. If you want to scribble something on a on a napkin, I guarantee you that all you know it will be fair. So you know if uh, if the beamy enters the uh, the drawing or whatever, then I'll I'll you know throw his number in the garbage or throw his name in the garbage or something so that he can't possibly win. You know, just to make things fair for everyone else. But uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. No, you should. You should have a. This is my idea, so you should. Anyone, anyone who wants to enter will will get put in. And you know, just submit your entry to manuscrewed at gmail dot com. Um, again, don't feel like you have to be some major graphic de- graphics designer to be able to enter. Just do whatever you want. But hopefully we'll get some really, really solid entries so that we can actually have a logo. If we, as long as we get, you know, something where we can actually put it on a web page and be proud of it, we will be happy. And if you just want to do it just for the fun of doing it, then do it and do whatever you want. And we will take a look at it and get back to you. We'll, we'll go ahead and I, you know, I don't know. We'll probably let this go for a couple weeks if we haven't got any entries. Obviously, we'll let it go for a couple more. But hopefully, we get some people interested. Um, you know, again, either two Mox Diamonds or two Elspeth Knight Errant. You know, the Mox Diamonds are a little bit older. They're not in perfect condition, but they're 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 definitely playable. So, um, and you know, that's that's pretty good prizes for some random first time contest for Manuscrewed. So. Uh, and it's yeah, good thing so they're your prizes. What was that? The good thing they're your prizes. Otherwise, I'd be offering like two explorers. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the that'll be what you're throwing in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a free stone golem to every entry. Steel yes. golem. Yeah, let's do that. No, I gotta save the steel golem because I like to throw that in in uh, sandwiches decks randomly. So, um, but yeah. That that's that's a contest. We want to get this this website up. I don't. Want, I'm I'm working on it slowly but surely. But we also I want to have the logo before I really get it totally online. So let's you know. Don't hurry, but as soon as possible, <laughs> get the get the the logos to us if you want to be in this contest. So. And the other also very important thing that we need to mention is starting next episode. 
This is for anyone that wants to just get rap with us, ask us questions or whatever on the show at 9 o'clock Pacific time, so obviously 10 o'clock Mountain Time, 11 o'clock Central, or midnight at Eastern for you lucky people. Um, we will be available for you to call into the show to be able to join us on the show, ask us questions, talk with us. If you're, you know, whether you're someone that does another podcast, if you're someone who's just a listener that wants a couple questions about their deck answered, you can, you will be able to, to Skype in. If you don't have your own Skype, then you need to get that. Skype in to Tangent DYN. That's the Skype ID that you need to uh, put in your contact list. Skype in, and you can rap with us live via podcast, live via pre-recorded podcast. So uh, that will be the way it's going to go. Um, and you can join us on the show, and we can make funny on there. Well, I won't make fun of you. Beamy is usually the one who's making fun of people. But, Did you uh, forget to tell them that we're charging them five ninety nine a minute? And five ninety nine a minute for Beamy and uh, and the sandwich to talk dirty to you. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, and but I'm gonna uh, get all the money for it. Right, right. Yeah, and if you want pictures of Beamy and I mean sandwich and and Whoa. Ben in the closet <laughs> together, that's extra also. So keep that in mind, and uh, you know, send your money. Again, to manascrewed at gmail.com. Just fax that. Fax, fax your money in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, anyway, I think, or w- did you have anything to say about the, the website that you're going to be writing for very soon there, Beamy? Yeah, I'm going to try to lean towards the budget ideas because that's what I can afford. And that's what I build. And... I'll be leaning towards budgets and, of course, talking about anything that's going on that rambles through my head. Well, you, yeah, you kind of dropped budgets. down there. Was that towards, uh, what was that now? Kind of seemed to have lost you there for a second. Oh, I said I'll be building, I'll usually, what I'll try to do is I'll try to be working with budget decks. Yeah. And any other ramblings that run through my head towards the show or towards standard or whatever I see out there. Freaking awesome. Sounds good to me. And uh yeah, so I think I think that's about I mean we've pretty much covered all of our bases for this week. Did you have anything else you needed to throw out there? Any final thoughts from anyone? Sandwich? Sandwich, final thoughts? Is sandwich still here? I think the sandwich got eaten. Sandwich <laughs> got eaten. That wasn't Is that the by name of the show? Is I that the name of the show this week? Sandwich, sandwich got, got eaten. <laughs> yeah, man. Ben, you didn't eat the sandwich again, did you? I always eat the sandwich. (laughs) I know you do, man. I know it. All right, so any final thoughts there, Ben? Uh, Nope. Cool. Just uh, not going to be able to do the game day this weekend, and uh, yeah, not the weekend after that. So I don't know. Hopefully I can catch another grinder before the uh, Grand Prix. You're not going to be available the weekend after game day? No. Neither day? Nope. Okay. I think that's the grinders, but we'll see. I'll double oh, check yeah, on that's that. Yeah, the two. They have two grinders that weekend, I think. Yeah. Okay, one cool. One right after. Like one one on Saturday and another and on one Sunday. One Sunday, yeah. Okay. I think that is the last two unless we go to, like, Moscow. But we'll, oh, okay. <laughs> we'll see. I'll try and double check on that. Uh, Bamie, any final thoughts? Oh, it's been a, another 
fun-filled episode. We've got uh, people out there now that can, you know, win prizes and join the show. And hopefully we can get some guys from the other podcasts to come over, you know, because I know Chewie would love to stick his nose in and ramble at us that our show's going on for five hours tonight. So <laughs> that'd, that'd be a good one to get Hell to. yeah, not to mention, this. I'm sure the suitcase would want to come in and ramble. I mean, he did hit every podcast in like a week, didn't he? Yes, he did. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I mean, I don't know. Things are going pretty good. Uh, I guess, you know, my final thought would just be don't do meth. Only at Gen Con. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, I would have loved to have been there. That sounded like a blast, didn't it? One of these days I'm going to have to go through my stories of actually working at Gen Con. And some really? Of lovely, some of the lovely nightmares that I've gone through <laughs> while working at Gen Con. But that's for another day, children. All right, all right, cool. All right, well, we should probably wrap this up since we're an hour and a half now, and uh, which seems like a lot longer because it was a lot longer. But anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up and say we are out for the evening. Uh, for now, I am Tangent. Amy. Ben. And we are out. <laughs> and the sandwich. And, and the, the sandwich, sandwich. The eaten sandwich. The sleepy sandwich. The sleepy sandwich with mayo dripping off of him. Why is that, Ben? Uh, it's Disgusting. We were in the closet. Oh, that's right. I hope you didn't get any mail uh, on your face. No. All right. All right, in between the buns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that note, later. <laughs> <laughs>